out there in dreamland namaste and shalom thank you all very much for tuning into another episode of the beyond top secret texan podcast you're listening to me the beyond top secret texan broadcasting to you from the third coast the coast with the most the gulf coast of texas and i'm going to be interviewed by oris from alatra tv english great guy great program new friends of the program New friends of the channel, new friends of the Beyond Top Secret Texan experience. Interviewed by them yesterday. Oh, not yesterday. Sorry, last week. Last Wednesday. I don't know why I said yesterday. That's that's my, I don't know. My mistake. But yeah, we're going to be going into another interview process, right? He's going to be asking me some questions. I'm going to be trying to relate to them and answer them summarily. Right? Keep it all uh, tight and expressed fluently, straightforward, and a language everyone can understand. And I hope you guys um, enjoy it. I hope you guys are here for it and everything. Share it with your friends. 
Join me on patreon.com slash beyond top secret Texan for future notifications for whenever I release an episode. You guys will get emails uh, notifying you for it. Join me on my social media, Instagram, for example. Uh, follow Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash beyond top secret Texan to get all the links for everything I got going on. Um, definitely appreciate it. Every single one of you who comes aboard and, and joins me and gives me some company and everything. I post daily generally post daily uh, on all my social media websites. So thank you very much um, in advance for following. So let's jump into it. He sent me the Zoom link and everything. So we're going to be talking with him. His name is Oris, uh, incredible guy for the uh, Creative Society English and Alatra TV English. So we are going to be rocking and rolling. How's it going? We'll be rocking and rolling. In just a second, let's see, we got live. Can't hear you. You're not coming in the audio. Let's see. Join audio. That's my that's my bad. Okay. Alright, now we're going in. Alright. Can you hear me? Okay, so I can't hear you. No, cannot hear you. Exactly. His mouth's moving, but uh, we can't hear him. Nope. Momentarily, we'll resolve this issue. Uh, your headphones, maybe. If you unplugged your headphones. I can hear it now. No, okay, no, Ab- no it, it, it's the headphones, it's the headphones. That's what it's now, like. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, nice. I can. yes I, it's, yeah. it's always the headphone jack, and I, um, I've had that problem too. Or I have a microphone yeah. and headphones, and one of those will cancel out the microphone on your device. Uh, I know. I've, yeah, got, yeah. I've done like a dozen or two um, interviews and everything, and so I know I, you get like the sound check. You get the sound check. You're like, hey, plug in the cable, do it this. Like, like hey, hit the back. <laughs> yeah, I set everything up. Everything was perfect. And now just, I just fucked up with the microphone. <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't worry at all. No, and that's absolutely the part of the fun in the process of live recording. You know, it's because we're all amateurs and this is something like a fantasy almost come true when we're like trying to make our own radio program. You know, there's no judgment. Oh, yeah. There's no judgment at all. No, absolutely. I, I love podcasting because of that and live streaming and and uh, being a creator myself, and it's like, what a what a fun, what a fun uh, uh, thing to have to do, right? Is to set up sound stages and studio space and audio quality and all that. It's just a really, you know, it's a really good uh, feeling to get it right. Yeah, correct. Uh, that's uh, that's the amazing part. So uh, right now I'm trying to record this uh, this moment. Uh, just hold on a moment. I'm trying to figure it out what is happening here. No problem. <laughs> I'm, uh, try- 
Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can record with the Streamlabs because I like this program. I'm doing live stream on this program and uh, I'm also recording some gameplays. Mm -hmm. uh, just give me a few seconds. No problem, no problem. No problem at all. Now, I was looking into stream software recently and um, Streamlabs, it looks good. It looks like that might be the one I'm going with in the future. Uh, but definitely, I, I need to get some software to help out the streaming process so I can mo stream through multiple accounts. Multiple accounts? Well, like, I have Instagram, I have um, YouTube, and uh, if I had a streaming software, I could get... I've heard the ability to stream on multiple channels at the same time. Oh, yeah, that is that's possible. That's, that is possible, yeah. but it requires more um, CPU uh, power. Oh, yeah, I don't really worry about that. I have, I just um, use my uh, cell phone, and it's a Galaxy Samsung, and it has literally enough to, to, it's like, it's very impressive what smartphones can do. It's much more capable than my Chromebook, for example. Like, uh, uh, I'm well, not the, the, the fan of, you know, MacBook or Procbook. Uh, I have uh, literally a computer build my uh, you know from confidence oh yeah I, I liked PC and PC Tower up until 2014 when um, I stopped playing video games and, and went more for business and so I had to have a tablet and I had to have my cell phone my smartphone I didn't have a smartphone until 2014 and I only got it for work and that's when oh. I, exactly I had a PC tower. No, I did all my work PC, and absolutely didn't go portable or, or cellular or wireless until uh, well after it had become popular. Yo, know, absolutely, I agree. PC is superior. Yeah, correct. Um, right now, I'm trying to get some money to build some. Um, Components to have better components and a better quality, you know, uh, because I wanna I wanna stream better. I wanna make some. Um, I also wanna do some graphics, you know. Uh, I wanna work in graphics and programs and all of the stuff that I need. Uh, but it also requires to invest some money. So yeah. <laughs> well, like everything, you know, it's an investment. But you're right. Graph uh, computer parts, computer. I guess you call it computer uh, hobbyists are getting screwed now because of crypto driving up the price of all the processors and everything. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. It's not, the, it's not a good time to be, um, a PC enthusiast because you have so much, like the parts are rare and the stores are, uh, crowded and it's, it's not like yeah, it was I, 10 years ago. Like no, 10 I years ago, no one cared. You could buy Alienware, super processor game through the mail uh, for very cheap, you know, and I remember when Dell, you could build a computer uh, for pennies on the dollar, basically. Now, yeah, that's possibly true. You oh, can build a computer from the zero. Yes, uh, you know, we, there was that old advertisement campaign, dude, you're getting a Dell. Dell in Austin, Texas. It it basically is no longer a player in the game, but they were very successful, very popular, affordable computer systems. And that's how I got started. I was I was very you know very much a teenager when I started liking PCs. Yep. Same. <laughs> yeah, no, Just like me. Yep. 
Oh, because it's very much the, you know, you have all the time, you, you're you just building, you're learning. It's very simple because you're just sticking in cards, basically, and plugging them in. It's not, exactly. it's not rocket science. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to learn about the video cards and how we, you know, I cannot, uh, sometimes uh, I was trying to make some sacrifices in order to get the, the best components that I can have. But uh, also I have to make sure that the components running perfectly and they do not make the bottleneck you know that's mm -hmm. the worst case so I would I just like so a PC the these days will be ba balanced. I would just like a PC these days to play Rome Total War 3 and not crash that would be fantastic and that's all I ask for and that's impossible <laughs> that's impossible <laughs> I wish I wish <laughs> only to play RTS strategies that do not crash and yet <laughs> and yet I cannot find that PC in 2022 <laughs> Like, fucking crypto, bro. It, Those crypto bastards took everything. Took it, like, they cleared yeah. out the shelves, yeah. and it's just uh, they're not even used. They're not even used for what they're made for. And it's like exactly, it's like buying a car to to uh, run a jacuzzi, and it's just like <laughs> everyone buys all the cars for this nonsense, and you're like, they're not even being made what they're used for. <laughs> They don't even know what what they're doing. They they are hearing from somebody else who succeeded with the um with the crypto. Oh, yeah, I want to try it as well because I want to become rich. <laughs> it's like uh, Texas is talking about creating industrial crypto uh, warehouse and mines and stuff, and uh, it's it's just so silly. Like it's yeah. it's. <sighs> It's absolutely uh, a pipe dream that only makes a few people rich, and it takes so much uh, resources to resources. do it. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely uh, foolish on paper, but people are so greedy. People are yeah, so is, greedy. Yeah, this is capitalism. You steal as much as you can, and then you call yourself a smart person. What a fucking bullshit. Well, like Amazon. Amazon, um, they're opening a warehouse locally, right, in my city. Now, everyone knows Amazon employees get abused, the pay is lousy, the hours are, are terrible, they, they have no... Com and yet, on the paper and on the local news, they are talking about how good it is going to be for the economy and how many jobs it's going to create. And I'm like, does no one think about this side of, of reality anymore about the fact that they are not good employers, that they don't bring good things to society or, or the community. They don't contribute to, to the positive side of things. They are only going to make uh, uh, life significantly, you know, and yes, they are bringing paying jobs, but just, I mean, read do do your homework, do your research. They are they are human rights abusers, and it's very much like uh, the case that people only care about money. And if you make money, no one cares how you do it or what. Yeah, you're... this is basically the root of consumerist format that we want to change from this. I personally don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to deal with this. No, uh, I know. Yeah, I, I know because, uh, for example, when we, when here in Romania, we used to, people used to live in communism 30 years ago, 
was um, 1989 when the communism ended in December 24. Ceausescu? Um, yeah, Ceausescu, yeah. Yeah, they shot him and his wife. Good. Yeah, they, they good. shot him. No, good. <laughs> the people can rule their rulers. Correctly, yeah, exactly. And and they must remember that they fear the people and serve the people. The people do not serve them. And no, you're absolutely right. We went from the era of dictatorship, fascist dictatorship under the guise of communism, the USSR, uh, Saddam Hussein, whatever political villain that ruled by force, to capitalism dictatorship, where no worker has a right to speak to their supervisor rudely. Uh, people have to show up on time and not ask for time off or break. Like, insane uh, pro-employer, pro-corporation, uh, corporate corporate dictatorship, corporate tyranny. They control yeah, your 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 life, what you can believe in, what you can say, uh, off jo- off the job as well. And we need to realize this: that people like Elon Musk, that people like Jeff Bezos, are the new. Saddam Hussein. They're the new Ceausescu. They're the new Pol Pot. They're the new uh, Marcos from the Philippines. They're the new uh, Pinochets. The dictators that have taken power over systems that are huge and like, you know, monolithic. And we need to realize that just like how the Romanian people had to rebel against their own government for freedom... And use force that we are going to have to do that against Amazon. We're going to have to do that against uh, Tesla. And um, these companies that are abusing workers. That are abusing the the capitalist system. And, yeah, for the sake of the money. And Exactly. And they are acting like dictators. They're acting like uh, tyrants. Yeah, so this is basically the new slavery, the modern slavery. That's how you act. Absolutely. And uh, that's a lot. So we're going to be talking about the secret space program and the SSP. Slavery, yeah, exactly. slavery is how it's run. Slavery is how the secret's kept. I know everyone always asks, why can this be secret? How can it be so? Why was it made? It's because these organizations, which, which literally have their roots and monarchies they have all their roots in monarchies and the human system slavery is how humanity originally was from the ancient Sumerian days of the Anunnaki and forward that the priest class was enslaved to the pharaoh but the priest class had their slaves etc it's built into the human psyche it's a reptilian legacy. It's a root of evil that we have to phase out if we want to awaken and become enlightened, if we want to be illuminated and illumined and wake up from the darkness and go into the light. We have to take personal responsibility and consider ourselves free people, free men. Uh, we have to understand what freedom means. And it's not having a master. It's not having an employer. It's not having a, a, a lord or master or, um, you know, basically it is utopian anarchy. 
But that's not how the secret space program is run. It's opposite of that. Everyone is brainwashed. Everyone's mind controlled. Everything and decision is formulated by AI. And that's how the secret is kept. Is because the ICC, the International Corporation Cartels, the Notwaffen, the originators of this, have their roots in Habsburg, Germany. Monarchist traditions, royalty, you know, ideas of bloodlines ruling for generations, empire, like the idea of empire. If you were in the Prussian Empire, your mindset is not geared towards freedom. You have no concept of freedom, right? If you are a British monarchist, the queen literally controls your life. And that's, they don't, they no, it's true. Uh, This is where the, the roots come from for all these operations. Uh, we just got through on the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast uh, listening to James Casbolt. And he was a Notwaffen, you know, uh, my lab survivor. And it, hearing this, he never uses the word slave. But I want to tell people that that's how it generally is. And that's what it really is. It's slavery. Which is why I'm yeah. telling people now my side of the truth, my story, because... I'm against slavery ethically. I'm against slavery philosophically. And so for everything positive that I'll be saying about the secret space program and what its purpose for, understand that that's really how it's implemented and what this is all about, is controlling humanity, even in the sense of controlling reality. You know, people are all, they usually try um, at least the... um the policy is trying. The elite is trying to subjugate the democracy. You know, they're trying to subjugate it because they want to think us. Uh, we want to think that we are living in a free society, but we, which is not true at all. We're not living right now in a, a true free society. Uh, also, the civilization uh, from Mars and uh, Atlantis uh, used to live in a f- consumerist format. And they also destroy themselves because uh, they they weren't free actually. Yes. They were actually uh, they have to adapt to to their uh, slavery because the El you know El Elohim used to running them mm-hmm. was the emperor of that empire. Uh, his children, his children, for example. Uh, Yahweh, or Anu, or Enlil, or Enki, they used to be the demigods, what we call them in uh, the Sumerian times. Yes, yes, exactly, that even the ancient world, and it goes back to the ancient world too, that the ancient Greeks, the ancient Atlanteans, uh, the Etruscans, the Romans, all of them had systems of slavery. Caesar... The Martians, also the Martians. Yes, yes. and that this is ex- this is the, the steps, the marching path that the evolution of those empires into the secret space program, into what I call the breakaway civilization. And while we live on Earth in relative freedom, we are still suffering from that legacy, from that true social system, which is slavery. We are more considered uh, like on a game reserve. We are more considered allowed to coexist in a relative state of freedom but not in a state of progress 
where the the sacrifice that they have given us, what by making our choice for us, we don't get to decide this, is to say that you get to be relatively psychically free. You get to be relatively innocent your entire life and not bear the, the actual burden of slavery or uh, being a part of this empire, right? This breakaway civilization, the burden of knowledge. But you will never have knowledge. You will never have the progress of the technologies. And if you want the technologies, you have to then accept the burden of slavery, the burden of secrecy, and the burden of separation. And this comes from the Knight Templar. The Knight Templar, because people don't realize this, that all of um, Solar Warden, all of the Notwaffen, all of the Earth Alliance, their security forces, whatever they may be, naval, ground forces, cyber warfare, electronic warfare, whatever, right? Espionage. Uh, they have knightly orders. They have societies that are based on the Knights Templar, Knights Malta, Knights Columbus, Knights of the Round Table, all these different kinds of legacy knight systems. And people don't realize what that means. When you become a knight, you are bound by the code of chivalry. And it's literally, if you mess up this code, you can be exiled, killed, excommunicated, tortured, you know, you, you forfeit your, your entire life and, uh, and, and life and death are controlled by these orders. Like I said, like you're getting your orders, right? You're getting into the order. And if you actually read the old Knights Templar order, it, it expresses this clearly. When you want to sit down, we will tell you to stand. When you want to stand, we'll tell you to sit down. When you want to be yes. near, we'll order you far. When you want to be far, we'll order you near. And no matter what you want to do, they'll try to do the opposite. They'll tell you you have to do the opposite because you're not in control anymore of your life. That's the definition of this slavery system. And like I said, now we, now we move forward, and if you want to ask... like. However, this conversation goes, I just wanted to make that point clear that what I've been talking about on my live stream currently right now and and what people don't talk about in the secret space program, even if they're like, oh, I'm a starseed, I'm a hybrid, is this human slavery system? Now, I kind of always want to make that more my point when I talk about this, that ultimately these are human beings. Every single one of these is human beings that are forced to do this and by a system that's way beyond their control. And not one single person, because this goes into extraterrestrial orders too, has been in control of this since day one. And like since no, the, yeah. since the, the Third Reich, or since the Third Reich made contact with the Vril, since they made contact with uh, the extraterrestrial intelligence, since the first UFO was recovered in Italy, or sorry, the first UFO was recovered in India, by the British monarchy, the British Raj, no human being has had control over the destiny of the secret space program. It's not Eisenhower, it's not Kennedy, it's not one person who said, I'm going to do things my way. It's absolutely been ordered down from the very highest monarchs, from the very highest aristocratic families, the empire families, black nobility, 13 bloodlines. You know, literally a handful of people do you know the UFO tower from the India uh, 
Uh, it's yes. like a UFO, a spaceship, and a tower <laughs> shape. You mean the, the cosmologies, the different universes, how they're stacked onto each other like discs? Uh, kind of kind of like that, yeah. It, but it's like a tower, a flying tower. You know, a tower that is flying. That is how the UFO shape is described in the uh, uh, India mythology. Oh, the Vimanas, yes, the Vimanas. Yes, the, yeah, Vim- exactly. the Vimanas were the first recovered UFOs. These were recovered in the 1860s. By Victorian age British Raj. And they knew what they were dealing with because they were industrial age and they understood what machines were. Hindus were spiritual and they thought they were the machine works of the god, the Vamanas. These people who had literally built trains and stuff were able to decipher these are machines. These are operational. And the British monarchs, the Habsburgs were absolutely the first ones to even know about this technology. Remember, they thought of it in perspective in terms of gods and higher powers. Now... Just like J.P. Morgan and... Uh, what was the name? I think it was... Uh, Rockefeller? Rockefeller? Yes. Yeah, Rockefeller, when they firstly met the technology of Nikola Tesla. Oh, yes. Oh, That's see, what has happened. Only in... Only industrial age people were intelligent enough, though, to understand the implications of controlling the world with technology. Before that, before the industrial age, everything was considered religious and spiritual. Now, extraterrestrials had already had the war on Earth. We were already basically controlled by the Astro High Command then. So people like Queen Elizabeth in the Golden Age in the 1500s of England had a spiritualist and alchemist known as John Dee. John D created the angelic alphabet, right? Communicating with angels, he thought. These were extraterrestrial beings. No, this, this is how it was. We were shepherded, guided. The British were then guided. The monarchy was then guided to India so that this could all be fulfilled, right? And it was all seen in a blink of an eye for the extraterrestrials. They were just like, okay, it's like if you were planning something for the end of the week, so you started the events in the beginning of the week just to make sure it was convenient for you. So they set up the British monarchy and the Habsburg family's power in Europe through bloodline and breeding and selective genetic programming, just like you would breed a dog, you know, and and created this certain kind of mindset. But remember, it was spiritual. The, The people back then literally mated with Zeus. Zeus would come down in the form of a serpent and breed a queen, and then Alexander the Great would be born, and he would conquer all of the... This was not an accident. Absolutely everything planned. Mary, God Gabriel, the angel Gabriel came down and gave her the Messiah, the, the seed ship from the Lord, made a hybrid demigod human being to cure the world. This is not a mistake. Absolutely everything's been guided. Like I said, not one human being has been able to decide the fates of the earth or humanity. Until now. Until now, since we are now at the psychic level, at the point of disclosure of the Great Awakening, that now we are allowed to choose freedom. But it's not coming from the secret space program. It's not... Yeah, it's not coming from the secret space program. It's not coming from the super soldier program, though. Solar Warden is not going to uh, tell you the truth because Solar Warden, in its own way, is based on the slavery system. They've been told to keep the secret, and they can't disobey. Now, I wasn't right a part now, of... they can't anymore. They cannot, because the age 
that is coming. The humanity is going to be free. We have to wake up. Yeah, we have to wake up. The people have to wake up themselves. It can't be from the government. It can't be from uh, the secret societies. You know, like the black nobility of Venice isn't going to come on TV and be like, this is the world order. We control you through banking and everything like that. You got to wake uh, up now. They already said it. They already said it through uh, the Great Reset, you know. Yes. The Great Reset line. They want, you know, we're going to give you everything you want. But all of them, are, they are, uh, they, be, uh, they, they are for us, you know, they, they belong to us. The things that you have belong to us. And it's a, you know, I think it's a cheap, it's a cheap way to speak that to the people. People are going to notice that and they're going to say, uh, dude, you're a fraud. Come on. Well, you cannot fool us anymore. You know? What's weird about these groups is that they're secret, yet they meet in public at G8 conference, at uh, different globalist meetings, yet it's secret. And it's not secret because they tell you on their website what they talk about, and you can, and you can watch them live stream on YouTube on their meetings. It's wow. unpopular. Club of Rome. Uh, we just we just did an investigation on Club of Rome for the live stream for the episode uh, for podcast, and um, it is it's very positive. It's very pro human, but it's the Club of Rome. It's this. It's the. It's very uh, elite it's very it's very cabal it's very illuminati but they tell you on their website what they plan to do and how they're they're working it's very um like i said it's open it's an open secret anyone who does any research can see it for themselves go to a public library and read uh the books that have already been re- written on the subject and there's no secret there's absolutely no secrecy when it comes to who is in charge what the future is going to be, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. They have the timeline. They have literally timelines. Like, by 2030, this is going to happen. By 2040, this is going to happen. By 2050, this is going to happen. It's That's disclosure. That's the age we're in. And we can't, like I said, not one person controls it. Not one person can stop it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen within 100 years. Cur- like, recently... Okay, so I have been saying for the last two years that light speed is achievable, that our ships can reach light speed. We've been able to reach light speed. We can go more more than that. We can go multiples of light speed. We can warp between uh, spaces. We can travel through dimensions. We can. You know, well, I want to talk about this just uh, just a little bit. I want to talk about the speed of light and how I can debunk the myth when people are going to say, oh, you those cannot travel faster than the speed of light, you know, all that bullshit when you hear from the... Um, the clever science uh, community? Yeah, exactly. The scientist? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Basically, uh, how can I say I'm going to start. Uh, also, Dr. Stephen Greer said about this, you know, I mean, every ufologist knows it this how, how do they work and how they can activate it to the high realms uh, for, first of all the photon has a mass you know yes. a mass for for example it ha- with that mass you have to travel the speed of light because it's the photon it's the light particle but once you travel beyond of that particle you're ascending into another dimension when you are ascending to another dimension you 
are massless. You do not exist in this, in this density, in this dimension. So that's why you cannot see this on the radar, on the yeah. radar, on that, you know, on our atmosphere. People are wondering, what is this? What is happening? Where is it? It was there. It's like they, they, they think they're, they're, they're crazy, but it's not. They're basically ascending into different dimensions and times and uh, that's the basically their science their yes. science is mixed with the spiritual uh knowledge because that's all about the science will come back to the spirituality well that, in a matter of time uh, that's also a thing too is that human beings think everything is like how we think and perceive it there is no distinction yeah. or separation between spirituality and technology or engineering, right. or intelligence. What you think are spiritual principles are the governing rules of physics. And this is how they've been trying to educate people, is by saying uh, the gods, Shiva. Shiva is entropy. Shiva is energy of, of, of creation and destruction. These are the ways that you communicate. Genesis. God created the world. Intelligent design created the reality, the principles of the fundamental creation of Earths and planets. Because, like exactly. I said, geoengineering, planet engineering. When you think it like the Elohim, yeah, were intelligent God, species. Yes, yeah. were, mankind was genetically engineered. God made Adam and Eve, made Eve with a rib taken from Ad genetic engineering, cellular uh, reproduction, cloning. Things that don't have words. They don't have words. You have to create them through experience. And until science evolved, mankind had to have their hands held and they thought of things spiritually. Uh, when John D. saw Venusians, he thought they were angels because they were tall, they were beautiful, physically perfect, yeah. blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, angelic. With, with higher powers and lights and they could fly and they had new knowledge and they were teaching him their basic alphabet and he thought it was the language of the gods and that they the thought he was a wizard yeah the thing is that uh, for example these uh, these uh, actions these meetings with the angelic gods and uh, so on they were actually extraterrestrials but they oh, yeah. were poorly studied that's yeah. why we don't think they were truly they are you know how for example in uh what we know about religion they, they weren't studying exactly yes. with 100 percent accuracy so how do we know was that it's simple it's the language yeah. that the language before is not the same that we use nowadays in this contemporary uh contemporary language that we have it's like now when you're trying to describe technology to people unless they know exactly what you're referring to it doesn't matter if you are correct like semantically if i am trying to explain a starship if i'm trying to explain a o'neill cylinder interplanetary craft right it doesn't matter if i'm using correct physical uh, physicist advanced level terminology and things that only uh, someone with a master's degree in mechanical engineering or interplanetary astrophysics would understand i have to communicate this reality to people who i maybe not even 
um, understand anything beyond like what they've been, what they've been able to learn, right? Like self-taught people. So I have the freedom to express it how I express it. So I understand like, even I like, yes, I don't speak perfectly when I describe things like light speed travel or toroid fields, uh, electromagnetism, the different physical wavelengths of, uh, like I said, go to higher planes and the physical psychic, uh, levels of, uh, uh, cooperation or mutual existence with this travel. But I can tell you, we can go faster than light. I can tell you that we can go to Mars within 30 seconds. That we have yeah, we ships going to Pluto. That we have ships going beyond Pluto to different galaxies. This is not impossible. Now, yeah, we can go faster than the light. We can travel faster than light. If we are not physically yeah. present there. We can, because we can ascend. Like well, here's ascend. A, this, these realities are uh, made off of layers of densities in uh, dimensions. Well, here's a perfect example. And this is something that I know from personal experience and have verified through my own research and other people have now started talking about as well because you manifest into reality. One of my first memories of the secret space program was actually working with X-Wings. Now, think about this because I was a teenager when these memories first occurred in the present time during that timeline. This sounds incredible, right? X-Wings. Why would no aerodynamic plane would have X-Wings? Conventional people would say, right? Conventional theories. No existing aircraft would have that design, let alone a spacecraft. Until recently, I was I thought this was accurate, right? Like I was delusional. The Russians built a X-Wing MiG prototype rocket-powered plane for high-speed High altitude interceptions. It's a rocket with four wings that create an X pattern. Because Solar Warden employs conceptual and experimental aircraft designed by high level military industrial companies in out, outer space, which is considered low Earth orbit, which, well, I'm sorry, high Earth orbit. Now, when I thought about this too, I thought that's not correct because the moon. I remember working on these on the moon. How could that be within the Earth's atmosphere? Did more research. Earth, uh, Earth's atmosphere has been recently officially extended past the moon. If you look up the literature, NASA will corroborate that the moon is within technically high Earth orbit. Do you see how when you remember something in the XSP... You have to then verify it, but you are not an expert. I don't have a high-ranking military industrial aviation intelligence occupation uh, you know, in this reality right now. I, I have to go to the library. I have to look at YouTube videos. And I am not an expert when it comes to aviation uh, physics, you know, aerodynamics. But I know what I saw. I know what I experienced. And reality will justify it because the so-called experts don't know shit. The real experts are kept top secret. Their planes are, are top secret because of that. Like, if you would tell someone who only knows about propeller planes, about jet engines, but you yourself don't know how they work, you can't... It doesn't have propellers. Well, how does it fly? It sucks in air and pushes it. And, and, and it's a ramjet. 
And well, well, how fast does it get? Mach 3. No plane can get that fast. And well, this, it does. I'm not able to use that kind of uh, uh, mastery of vocabulary that I think some people need to be spoon-fed to them. But I do know that these things are absolutely real and operational. Light speed. NASA has officially disclosed that they have a working engine that can get up to 99% of light speed. Now, in 2022. Just imagine what they have exactly. in their classified technologies. Since 1950, when we have anti-gravity, yes. electromagnetic propulsion. Never listen. Never listen to people ARPs. who think that they are told that we don't have it, and, and exactly, they have it, they have anti-gravity, they have electromagnetic engines that keep ships afloat indefinitely, because they are yeah, working on physics. Of floating. Yes, it's not, it's, it, it's weightlessness in the ways that we conceive of weight. It's a, it's a way of literally suspending it all in the electrical field of the atmosphere, on grid systems and ley lines, and they work like highways, and they have these cord. Like uh, people don't know this, the ICC has currently already set up colonies on almost every major orbiting body, including asteroids like Cirrus, including uh, planets, uh, gas giants like Jupiter, including their moons. Um, and they do so using laser sails, laser-powered solar sails. This is an incredibly efficient way of doing it, and they need extremely powerful lasers. They get the hydrogen from Jupiter, from the actual stone that makes up the asteroids. And it's a completely self-sufficient system because they're working on scale that allow these technologies to exponentially create themselves. You need a um, a billion watt laser, right, to run For a example, solar sail system. Well, you need uh, a billion gallons of hydrogen. Where do you get that? Well, the surface of Jupiter. So the difficulty is getting out there, but once you get out there, it's extremely possible to set up infinitely more of these operations to the point now when you include automation, when you include AI, not only is it performable without the, the risk of humanity or human life, but it becomes almost um, uh, out of control. Where currently the secret space program and the breakaway civilization, their population is rising exponentially. The power shift is from the planet Earth to off-world. There are hundreds of millions of people currently alive working in the space program, the secret space program, in breakaway civilization operations. Colonists who are cloned, um, workers, specialists, scientists from around the world, internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. Uh, there are millions yeah, of people currently on Mars. There are millions of people currently on the moon. There are millions of people currently off-world in various capacities that have more influence and power and knowledge than any one person on earth i have an interesting question um what is faster than the zero point field you know when you are recharging constantly from the quantum vacuum of space of time or what we call the clever scientist dark energy in a boring way but it's actually more than that because mm -hmm. it's basically it's 
is the base of the universe mm -hmm. of our materialistic universe. Yes. So, what is faster than the zero point field, or is this the faster way we can achieve uh, the speed? Uh, probably in the limited amount of uh, higher dimensions. Well, or it's not necessarily that? that you need to go faster than the zero point field for any occasion. The thing is just knowing that that's available because it then compensates for various attributes. Like you said, longevity between stars, right? Star system distance is, is massive, conventionally impossible. But once you start reaching relativistic speeds, multiples of light speed, you don't necessarily need to instantaneously arrive or to arrive within minutes. Uh, things then become matters of planning and uh, setting up highway systems, like portal jumping, basically. And so you have systems like that. You don't necessarily need to rely on getting from Earth to, say, another star system, point A to point B. You go in stages, right? And you have your system built up that way. But no, there is no way that I know of conventionally human beings, you know, materially in a 3D world that you can do that. Ashtar High Command, for example, are higher dimensional beings. They don't necessarily travel unless they are traveling at our rate of space and time right in fact high speed isn't necessarily the highest priority life support is the highest priority to have safety to be able to support not only yourself but generations of human beings on these ships um, to be able to support livestock on these ships to be able to support atmospheres and weather systems on these ships, that becomes priority. And I think that's what people don't focus on, is that the majority of the research into technology is not the engines. One, it's the weapons. It's not the engines, it's the weapons, but it's also life support, colonies. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's mostly keeping people alive because the, the hostility of outer space. And it's entirely on keeping people alive, and it's basically split between killing people and keeping people alive. <laughs> and and that's that's oh. really what's like technology is weaponized. I worked on weapons. I was an aviation electrician um, engineer when it came to Solar Warden for my main uh, operational specialization. Right, I was multitask. Everyone multi multitask. Everyone does multiple things throughout their life. Given if they're good enough, if they excel, if they or fit for supervisor positions or multiple training if they are needed for various reasons. Uh, in my case, there was some extraordinary circumstances that not every Solar Warden member was privileged to. And that led to my individual path in life inside the program. Now, this is very atypical, very unique. I was lucky and able to train and be trained to do various tasks and various mission specialists specializations, you know, as it was needed in action, active duty. So it was very much this constant evolution and reflex of what was necessary. It, from the age of nine, being sent to go live with the Ashtar High Command, the Venusians, uh, being uh, then returned to Solar Warden because the solar system was invaded by Orion Draco, uh, rogue Orion Draco that attacked Mars, that attacked and invaded Earth. And that was at the age of 14, being plunged into literally Solar Wardens. You got also wiped out by Anunnaki. Yes, that well, we eventually, well, obviously, or eventually successful and victorious, we survived. But we did have to fight the first 
human-led war against an extraterrestrial in outer space in interplanetary campaign conditions. They took Mars. Yeah, they were beasts. They, they took, were eating us. Yeah. yeah, they took Mars. Like they destroyed Mars. We sacrificed Mars. That was absolutely a strategic sacrifice to help defend and buy time for Earth. Our Earth defenses were on the populated side of the planet. They attacked through Antarctica. They, they came and invaded Antarctica. That was their goal. The least defended, least populated area. It, it, it confused the AI that was operating on Earth. And, you know, we thought they were going to invade America or Europe and, you know, have a full scale. We thought Africa really was the, was the triangulated pathway. But they attacked Antarctica. You know, they actually were able to land. Anunnaki assisted us. We had a ground war, had to clear them out of Antarctica. That took nearly 10 years to do that. Sent Navy SEALs, special uh, forces from the Earth armies, as well as highly militarized Antarctica. That's why so much attention is focused on Antarctica now, because it worked out in our favor, which I think the Astra High Command, because they can see time. Now, the Astra High Command, uh, the Anunnaki, helped us at the end of it, right? By the end of it, they basically came in and they were like, okay, we'll assist you. Uh, we'll do it because we, it was just a test. We wanted to see how you handled crisis, how you handled trauma, how you handled stress. You guys passed. You're worthy of you know, joining our basically high command. It's a military alliance. At the end of the day, it may be for the improvement and evolution and ascension of species. Like It might be for the best salvation of mankind. But still, it's a military, and we are expected to be capable of serving and fulfilling our duties, right? Defending ourselves. Uh, yeah. What do you know about the planet Vamfim? The what? The planet Vamfim. Vamfim. Vamfim? Yeah. That, I, I, that's the first time I'm hearing about it. It's basically the closest planet the Anunnaki are living. We used to call it Nibiru. But Igor Mikhailovich from uh, Alatra TV, uh, he was sitting with uh, Jana, you know Jana, she's in Symbiosis okay. with Anunnaki. Nemesis, um, yes, I know Nemesis. They actually called, uh, they asked, uh, he actually asked uh, Jana, what is the name of their planet, their Vampim? closest planet? And she, she told us Vamfim, yes. that is Vamfim. Okay, I understand. No, yeah. in Solar Warden we called it Nemesis, Planet X. Uh, because it's the home base for the reptilian, the Anunnaki. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We call it Nemesis. That's it's for it was Nubi, Nubira, Nubira, something like Nubi and Ra. Nibiru. With the sun. Nibiru is what they call it in in yes, Nibiru is what it's called. It has many names. Solar Warden is a military. It's it's basically the United States Navy. So many of the concepts and the words I'm using may only be used within Solar Warden's organizational. Uh, structure as understandable, right? Like it's it's also kind of yes derogatory in many ways because it is. They also have the best grapes from this universe. Yes, absolutely. They have the best grapes. Alien one. And we can see. Alien yeah, we one. can see the higher. Yeah, we we can see the hieroglyphs mm -hmm. with the uh, grapes on stones. You know, mm -hmm. fr uh, from all the ages when yeah. the Anunnaki used to live on here. They used to carry out these grapes, these amazing fruits that people used yeah. to say these are the gods' fruits. Like they were amazing. Ambrosia. Like, you you wouldn't find this these kinds of fruits in the entire universe. 
the the closest planet on, on this earth uh which Anunnaki lives in they actually have the best grapes from this universe that is incredible and that is amazing no i at agree the same time. i agree no no that our nutrition is poor compared to extraterrestrials in fact the only reason why venusians are 9 feet tall on average is because their their nutrition is superior they actually have the same genetic structure as human beings. The reason why they are three feet taller than a tall man is because they eat so much better than we do as children, which is the important yeah. stage of growth. When a child is between the ages of 18 months to six years old, that nutrition that they receive will dictate how large they get when they are adults. Giants, a.k.a. the, the Nephilim, a.k.a. the tall... Uh, you know, uh, Nordic or the it deals Celts. with the growth hormone. Yes, the it, growth hormone. It's all about food. No, it's all about the food. It's it's literally, like I said, it. We our diet is so weak that we don't have the energy to grow. We what, have too much sugar in our too food much sugar. And, uh, yeah, too yeah. much pollutants, too much toxin. But that's uh, beside the point. Now, experience wise. You know, I have a lot of experience learning about extraterrestrials through intelligence, military intelligence purposes, right? Learning their technology, learning their habits and their structure. Experiential-wise, I only have experience cooperating with the Astor High Command, and yes, that's a multi-species um, group. But most of my work was with Earth Alliance, most of my work was with Solar Warden, and even most of my combat experience, yes, I did engage in combat with the Orion Draco forces on many occasions, the, the enemies, the rogue ones, um, but I was also allied with Orion Draco as well. Orion Draco are very complex. They, they fight each other more than they fight us, and just like human beings fight each other more than we fight extraterrestrials. Yeah, they and are just basically like beasts. And they have they don't have soul basically. They don't have soul. Some they, do. they they have consciousness. No. They have yeah. consciousness the, and the, rationality. The Orion Draco exactly they have a that where only the privileged have a soul, what can be considered a soul, the Vril. And they, they that's their no, some are just bored in a spawning pool hatched from eggs and they just have instincts. You're absolutely right. The 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 dynasties that we worked with were white Draco. They were good Draco. They were friends for humanity. They had helped out humanity uh, since the very beginning. They had helped out humanity discover the subterranean world. They had... They were basically vegetarian Draco, if that makes any sense. And in terms that they yeah, did they, not eat they flesh. There can be some uh, genetics more mix, modifies, and changes... Yeah. Oh yeah, and that all the well, all the Orion Draco in their clan, specifically in their clan, was pro-humanity and sided with humanity. There were Orion Draco that had vowed to destroy humanity. There were Orion Draco that were um, pirates and merely taking over resources to survive. Right, like there are many different kinds of Orion Draco. The ones that attacked us actually are very mysterious. And I don't think anyone has ever officially discovered where they came from. Uh, the theories the were the theories were that they were dimensional travelers, maybe getting lost between universes where mankind didn't exist, and it was only Orion Draco. They didn't communicate uh, with the same language 
that Orion and Draco. The only knowledge that we have is that they just found us. They, they just showed up. They just teleported literally within our inner domain beyond our defenses because yeah. there were defenses outward, you know, against anyone who tries to invade our solar system. And, and you know, because it's defended. We're basically the Venusians made a a uh, safe space. They, they circled our solar system with energy. And that's what they currently do. Most of their action is to uh, is to maintain this barrier, this barrier that keeps us safe from the basically the dark forest of the real universe. And there are hostile super predators. There are random disasters like solar storms, celestial storms. There are rogue species. There are over nine hundred species. Intelligent species that have contacted the human race. Over 900 species. I, yeah, I probably I was thinking about this number. No, I was uh, thinking about us. So, mostly what humanity does, though, is trade with extraterrestrials and mine and basically keep our territories very well kept and defended. So, it's not like these are all military engagements or contacts. These are mostly trade contacts with other intelligent species just like us who were evolving, who are, who used to be just like us, enslaved by the Orion Draco in many cases. We're like siblings. We're like cousins. We're exactly. Like, we're not more advanced or, or devolved from the other. It's just that we have different environmental or life needs. Like, if you meet a, an oceanic alien... Extraterrestrial, their needs will be focused on our oceans. They might even apply for colonization rights and be allowed to live in our oceans. We would have to then deal with them uh, because the Astro High Command is supervising fairly, equally, with respect. It's very much like Star Trek. And this is what people don't get. Yeah, exactly. It's very much yeah. like Star Trek. Where you meet an alien, you don't shoot first and ask questions later, or you don't try to, like, <laughs> make a war yeah. on them. It's not... Like, you know, people are crazy, you know, cowboys in space, but they are like Captain Kirk, where it's you go and then you meet an alien and you talk to him, you go down there and you, you know, you meet them and you say hi and make a deal. It's like set up negotiations, set up your outpost, colonize. And yes, we are exploring. And many times we are the alien. Many times we are the first contact they have made with extraterrestrials. And are Yo, did you see that? I saw an orb. Orbs flying around. Hey, yeah, it was a few two times. Like that was weird. Like, it, it happens. Two orbs.
joining us as guests. Um, micro UFOs, orbs are micro UFOs. Yeah, so yeah, people exactly. don't know this, but Kardashev, Kardashev scale, right? One through five. You know, there's a negative Kardashev scale. Negative one, negative, negative two, one. negative three, negative four, negative five. Subdeveloped subatomic wow. civilizations. Subatomic civilizations. Subatomic civilizations. That's wow. the secret that no one wants to talk about, but the secret space program knows about, and the super soldier program knows about. Many of the missions, many but of what the what is their consciousness like? What it's is, okay. So, and when you are smaller, when you are subatomic, time is magnified. So your entire life could be. A few seconds on a subatomic life, like experientially, right? A few seconds when you're subatomic is an entire lifespan, right? And people don't realize this, but they can, like a shrink ray, shrink themselves to a subatomic level and use that available space and resource to create societies and worlds, much like creating your own planet on the surface of an apple, and everyone can do this with appropriate technology. Every species can do this with the right technology. Now, you can get a full-sized spaceship, a full-sized warship, and shrink it down to a subatomic level or micro level, right? A small scale. And fly around and spy or observe, explore, without anyone ever even being able to see you because you are beyond their sensory capabilities. If you want to hide an alien civilization, make it microscopic, and you could do it literally in someone's bedroom, and you could have your entire civilization's history play out underneath someone's bed. (laughs) I think I was living with the whole civilization in the entire life because... I always have, uh, dude. For for example, for the last time, I had an amazing dreams, lucid dreams. They started to become movies. Like they actually so real. My dreams are so real that they become like movies. Yes. If you're so real, and uh, no, this also, is. I'm, I'm trying to explain that to some friends and you call me, dude. Are you okay? You you got some DMT? No, I'm not kidding. Like just imagine if I was using DMT. Just imagine that. Since I was a child, I was always interested in space and universe and extraterrestrial mm-hmm. and anything that we used to call paranormal or something that is not, you know, uh, out of the place. No, absolutely. Since I was a young person. Uh, I was uh, amazed by these things, by these, by the magic, by uh, the science of spirituality as well. But I didn't un- really understand, you know, because I was a child. But I was attracted because the nature of them. I was so attracted to their nature. Oh, absolutely. And like, uh, I have the same um, memories that are called dreams. Other people, they call them, there's not dreams. Those are um, memories. These are ways you engage with the realities beyond your five senses, your six senses. These are ways of remembering what you have intentionally forgotten uh, subconsciously because you can never erase the memory subconsciously, right? 
And like I said an hour ago to start this, slavery. What people don't know is that they are subject to experiments and uh, technology that disrupts memory, that disrupts the ability to remember and makes you forget. It makes you forget, and the but the body can never forget. The mind never forgets. Anything that you remembered or experienced is saved in the Akashic Records. The Akashic yeah, exactly. Records have existed before humanity, and they'll exist afterwards. People, all people, every single person can access the Akashic Records and remember anything that they've ever experienced and experience anything that's ever happened it just takes meditation it takes being able to literally hear it from the universe look, look the orb orb I saw the orb I saw it that time now I'm gonna look out for the orbs now and I'll see the orbs because I said that those are actually small UFOs that's my theory and I and oh I see that's how people would people would say that's a ghost People will say that's a ghost or a spirit or some kind of uh, fairy or something, right? Like, a, like an imp or a sprite. Small UFO. Technology. It opens our eyes. It lets us imagine this way. Uh, just like how people talk about, um, you know, things that people, like I've talked about before, that are considered crazy, they're not crazy. They're of an advanced civilization's capabilities. Like, like it's it's the Kardashev scale. It's impossible to understand what it's like to be in an advanced level of society. Arthur C. Clarke said the technology would appear as magic. That's just a, a sufficient technology appears as magic, and just to even be able to think that, like. We're gonna we're gonna join Auras, right? We're gonna join you in your room, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, listen to this. Well, how are we gonna do it? We're gonna make a UFO with piloted craft spaceship, right? Not a UFO, a spaceship with piloted craft. Uh, Star Trek Commander Captain Kirk. We're gonna make him microscopic and make him be able to go through densities. We're gonna we're gonna make him a higher density. He's gonna appear only as a white orb. And he's going to fly around and basically be able to safely be there with him. And yeah, but you don't, even, you don't even notice it with the eyes. You notice it with a webcam. Exactly. That's it's invisible to the naked eye. It's invisible yeah. to the naked eye. And that's how they've been watching and protecting humanity forever. And if it needs to, it will get big. And not some people don't realize this. So it's small, right? And it's like this little, uh, little like, you know, light ball. Now, if you were yeah. endangered, say a reptilian uh, from a negative dimension jumped into your room and was going to pounce you, right, and devour you. I saw that. I was faulted you. I saw another orb. See? No, they're, they're around you. They're around you. And then they're around me and they're around people who are important. They really are. And uh, so say it's some negative vampire, dark energy vampire was going to drain your life force. It would defend you. Using weaponry, using its technology, but you would consider it a psychic battle or a spiritual battle, right? You have angels and demons. You have, yeah. you know, guardian angels. You have uh, demons trying to possess people. I have, have shadow realms. Well, I have seen on video 
beams of light, those balls of light fly into people. Fly into people. Like the like on ghost adventures and on the ghost shows and stuff. I've also seen them fly into animals. And I think they can get inside people's brains like you would be able to drive a car into a, you know, a garage. That they would be able to actually hijack people. And that's where you get things like possession and things like that. Uh, because... These beings. But it depends on your aura. Yes. It also depends on your aura. Uh, for example, the shadow people, they don't have enough power to possess you unless you give them that power no. through fear. Well, also, what I was going to say is that it's like a battlefield. People are a battlefield. If you were going to try to wage a war on mankind, imagine that you're actually subject to being attacked and colonized or captured. And people are like outposts, you know, people are like towns. And if an enemy comes and captures your town and takes it over, they do it by force. And no, that, that's the war And that people have been fought over on this level with microscopic extraterrestrials basically fighting for the souls of humanity. We call them souls. They literally are calling it, you know, people, that's, that's a whole angle behind it. But it's not on a scale like you and I. It's not on a big scale. People think big is better. People think giants. People think UFOs are massive. Yes, they are, but they're also really small. And it's just as important to be small as it is big. And just as if though you were like Kardashev scale for society, you can create suns. You can you have resources of your entire star system, right? Just like if you were a Kardashev negative four, you would be on a subatomic level with quarks, with uh, Higgs boson, with exotic dark matter materials. You would be immune to time. You would be able to fulfill trillions of members of your society without using of nearly any resources or even leaving an impact on a natural environment and be just as powerful as a Kardashev level 4 civilization but just on a microscopic nanotechnological level it's just as advanced it's just you have to open up your perceptions and just like people don't realize it's not what they've made you think is important it's what's really important this like weapons weapons um, are very fascinating in the secret space program because people are led to believe that the human being is what's dangerous. That if a man is dangerous, he must be big. He must be buff. He must be uh, vicious, right? Like a strong fighter. It's the technology that you're armed with that makes you dangerous. Little girls with nuclear bombs can kill in cities and take over nations. This is what they do. They give children roles in driving drones. They give them robotic bodyguards. They give them genetically augmented cyber dogs to do their dirty work. They give them guns, like mini guns that you can that are made of carbon fiber that are weigh less than five pounds and uh, can fire 600 rounds per minute. Right, and they attach them to an exoskeletal suit 
so that it distributes the weight and carries it for you. They give you things that help you. They don't rely on you being able to do 500 push-ups in an hour and then, you know, like uh, 50 pull-ups and and sit-ups. Like, we require our special forces to do. Yes, there are special forces, and yes, that exists. But people need to realize technology is what makes human beings great, not human beings themselves. And I have to tell people this. When we work with a multi-species front, when we work in Solar War, and when you do war, when you actually engage in this all-world war, it doesn't matter the species you're fighting. It doesn't matter their size or their physical strength. You're fighting technology against technology. And I mean, yes, yes, you could physically fight and defend or be killed by something bigger, great, yes, nature, right? But just like I can shoot a lion with a gun and the bullet does the killing. The bullet is the deciding factor because it uses physics and chemistry and metallurgies, concepts which the lion cannot even fathom and, and participate in. The fight is not fair. Same thing as when fighting aliens. You're dealing with technologies that are so exotic and so weaponized, but you're also employing them. It's not conventional. It's not. You're not going in there trying to punch one out. You're going in there trying to um, play a chess game with with your technology, with your mind. Your mind is your greatest weapon. Your psychic abilities, your intuition, your strategy. That's what they. That's what makes human beings powerful. It's not the fact that Orion, Draco are 10 feet tall. It's not that they spit acid and have laser weapons. It's the fact that their strategy was weaker than humans that they lost. And that human beings were able to defend ourselves and to survive is because we didn't decide to fight like ignorant savages. We fought like brilliant geniuses like Sun Tzu. You know, like sitting there, seeing the battlefield. I don't have to kill a single person. My ideas will lead my army to victory. Like, because I I think of things in systematic approaches of organizational charts, right? Like, I'm not even imagining the human being having to do this. I'm seeing a line on a map and seeing it advance forward. And, you know, like, this is where... Just imagine serious Sam with the two cannons. <laughs> exactly. No. Saving the world. No, you, you, people don't. Uh, people don't think of this because I've been on both sides. I've been on the ground level, and, but I understand that the reason why human beings are able to survive and fight extraterrestrials and to win engagements is not necessarily the superiority of the human being. It's the superiority of the human mind. It's our technology, and it will always be. Uh, many people think Halo, Master Chief. Our consciousness, Chief. our manifestation, consciousness manifestations under technologies. Yes. How we can control them. Yes, it's the fact that the Astra High Command, when I was with the Venusians, taught me this too. It all begins in the mind. It all begins on the psychic level. And as you live psychically, as you live with your mentality, when you live on an astral level, that controls what happens on the physical planes. It goes downward, right? When people were inventing the nuclear bomb, they were reading the Bhagavad Gita. 
They were reading the Vedas. They were reading ancient Hindu scriptures. Because the power they were trying to channel was the same yogic power that created the Vamanas, that created the weapons of Shiva. And when Oppenheimer created the atomic bomb, what did he say? I have become death destroyer of worlds. Because this is how, and I, I, I always get asked that, how can humanity beat the reptilians? They're so big. How could, it was, it's because humanity's mind can will the universe, because we have psychic elements to ourselves, to win these wars. Just like Alexander the Great, just like Genghis Khan, just like Tamerlane. It's, it's the... Just it's, like Anunnaki, they, they do that as well. No, we're master commanders. We're master strategists. But just like that, we can also lose and be defeated by other extraterrestrials who have the same mind, who have the intellect. We're not invincible. It's this constant, constant danger. It's this constant peace that we maintain. And yes, currently... Just we're... imagine... Oh, go on. Uh, just, just imagine uh, Anunnaki... They are type seven of civilizations. They yes. can travel in other universes. Oh yes, we they wouldn't are, stand a chance of them. No, they are connected to the Alat, which is the basis of the universe. The basically, it's uh, for example, this universe is just a drop yes. of Alat. Alat it means God. Yes, you know, and God is basically the the source. The Anunnaki can connect the, directly to the source. It came back to their life yes. just in a matter of fraction. And that's something amazing, like yes. controlling everything. So your Anunnaki... That is the most amazing. Yes, your, your Anunnaki is my Astro High Command. It's the same. Because the Astro High Command don't exist in this reality. They exist in a greater reality, a greater universe. We are in a pocket universe. We are... Everyone always talks about the multiverse. Well, and both uni- of them are humans. Yes, Both of them are humans. Yes, I said the Venusians are genetically identical to human beings. They just have better nutrition. They have better practices, better health. They live longer. They lived a thousand years on average. Humans only live a hundred years at most. They do this not because they have genetically, they're alien. They do this because they eat special fruit. Like you said, the grapes. They eat these special grapes. From Vampim, yeah. Yes, they, they, the food. Well, is the key. You are what you eat. Um, but currently, human beings can live to be 500 years old. Human beings have the capability currently to be 500 years old. Uh, what gets us is fear. What gets us is stress. What gets us is... Uh, the food. Food. It's the poison. And you're absolutely right. But to, to continue about the Astra High Command connected to different universes, yes, that... We are in a pocket universe. Our universe was actually created through one of their science experiments. And even though the Orion Draco is an extraterrestrial, it is not a Kardashev 1 civilization. We are on equal grounds. Just because they have spaceships does not make them as great as this level. This level... Yeah, they are limited. They yes. are limited in uh, Yes. That, in an it, uh, the scale of advancement. Like, that's what people don't realize. We are kept like animals, wherein animals don't have any technology. If animals were like humans, is that we're humans, we have technology, we have mastery of our world. Uh, when we have the ability to fly from Earth to Mars just because we can, 
we will be where the Orion Draco are, right? The Orion Draco have these interplanetary empires. That's the technology that they openly use and they, they create their society with. That, we think, is advanced. That's not advanced. The Astar High Command considered the Orion Draco primitive in every respect. And the only thing that they were good for was violence against other lesser, weaker species. They don't, that's why the yeah. Orion, that's why they, they warred against the Orion. That's why they freed us from the Orion Draco. The Orion Draco didn't stand a chance against the Astro High Command. The Astro High Command just literally, like within a snap, just showed up, vanquished them, vanquished all the, the, the basically like, it's, when you think about spiritual wars, the Bhagavad when Vishnu uh, went to war with the demon princes, there was not a battle. Yes, there was a battle, but Vishnu had already won. Vishnu is the god of all gods. Like, the Hindu idea, like, he dreams the universe. Brahma, the spirit of Brahma flows through Vishnu. Yes, Vishnu had enemies, but those enemies are nowhere near the powers of, like, Shiva. Shiva is not in our world, Shiva controls the destiny of the entire universe. It is not a conceptual thing that anyone can understand. Then this is where you get the levels. The Anunnaki are at the Shiva, Vishnu, uh, Brahma level. They're at that level when you consider the many hierarchies of beings. And we are still at the levels of the monkey men. Basically, like yeah. the monkey, like Hanuman the Monkey King, like there are levels exactly. of power. He's just a strong monkey man, but there are literal gods, <laughs> literal gods in existence. Like the Q, the Q is a real phenomenon. Now, the Q popularized in Star Trek by Gene Roddenberry, who was very much aware of the secret space program. Gene Roddenberry was a member of the Council of Nine. He was a part of the Cabal's media to try to uh, talk about the secret space program back in the 50s and 60s. Absolutely, look it up. Star Trek was really tied to real NASA programs and stuff. Like, they wanted to get the, the word out. Q is a phenomenon like Doctor Who, like St. Germain, like uh, various Masonic or Mithras, um, you know, different figures of great power. They appear human, but they are not human. And they can appear anywhere, do anything, and be anyone. And they guide humanity during times of crisis. This is absolutely the case. Just like when they were signing the Declaration of Independence, St. Germain appeared through locked doors just like when Jesus Christ was killed, he was resurrected and appeared to his disciples. There is no limitation to these types of figures. And this is who really can, the bridges the gap. Bridges the gap between these higher dimensional extraterrestrial powers and humanity. These chosen ones, these golden people, these special figures. They're the ones, like I said, who are really in control of humanity. And like I said, it's the difference between mortals, mortals in space, 3D space and time, gods and demigods, and there is no, there is, there is no 
equal between them. Like every, like the one is much higher than the other, but then even one is higher above that. You know, and it's it's like I said, we used to think of it spiritually. Now we know these are different types of extraterrestrials, ultra terrestrials. These are ultra terrestrials. They extend from different technology levels to different universes, different dimensions of origin. You know, like they don't like the they said it before the Venusians, uh, because they originated from our solar system in Venus. They are quantum beings. They are 5D or 4D at the limited, 5D, 6D beings. I think it's more than 5D, to be honest. Probably more than 6D. They go up to 12D, actually. They go up to 12D. You know, there are 72 dimensions in this uh, universe. There are 72. The highest one is the angelic one. Even a human can achieve that in a lifetime. Well, the the human being is special because the human being actually is very privileged. Being a genetically engineered being, we have many different DNA strands in us, many different genes in us. And even in Buddhism, Buddhism, they considered men to be special because unlike the gods who were too powerful to truly experience life, and unlike the beasts who were too stupid to actively appreciate the gods and worship them, mankind was the best of both worlds. Mankind could be free and innocent like the beasts, but be like the gods spiritually, and ultimately when they died, elevate from beast to man, to God. And the purpose of mukti, the purpose of uh, enlightenment, if you will, the purpose of uh, illumination is to go from beast to man, beast from from man then to God. You know, you have to stand up before you can walk, and then when you walk, hopefully then you can run. Correct. This evolution of the mankind starts from within, but it's this evolution that where mankind is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to be gods when we die, and actually attain our own planets. The Mormons speak about this. They're very fascinating the more people, the Mormons. spiritual knowledge we achieve in this lifetime, we can ascend more, you know. Yes. Than, than being just com- repeatedly uh, being reborn on this planet and living the same life like NPCs. Yes. We have to achieve. We have to achieve the ascendant. So we can ascend to the higher spaces, higher realms, higher dimensions. People don't talk about this, but that's a big part of the SSP. That's a big part of the Super Soldier Program, too. And while the Super Soldier Program is much darker in many ways than the SSP uh, generally is, it's about spiritual uh, potential. It's about spiritual uh, performance. It's about... understanding that mind over matter aspect of it. The assassins, for example, which I was also trained as, the assassin program is about conditioning the mind, conditioning the soul to become efficient and uh, perfect in execution, to have total mastery of your body, but not to achieve any one, like I said, uh, physical thing. Like, people think assassin, they are super soldier, they think like seven feet tall, they th- are like three meter tall, they think uh, perfect physical specimen, 
uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. You know this. You know, uh, like uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Uh, you know, brilliant genius, but physically gigantic and strong. Um, you know, that's not a super soldier. Yes, that is that is archetype. That is prototype for Ubermensch. But that's not the case. Anyone can be a super soldier. Anyone. Because it's all about the, including the spiritual side of things into the military side of things. Uh, First Earth Battalion, for example. This is who trained us. The actual students from the original First Earth Battalion, which was a program set up called the Stargate Program by the United States military to train the future soldier... Not to kill, but to actually win wars non-violently. Yes, they could commit violence. Yes, they were masters of self-defense. Yes, they were masters of uh, war. Group psychology and brainwashing. They could could understand uh, how to survive in the wild. Uh, They would understand how to uh, communicate with natives and the locals, how to train others, how to, um, they were, they were considered the greatest soldiers to ever live, and they're masters, they're modern day Jedi, they can see the future, they can see the past, they can tell truth, they can, they tell if you're lying or not, they they can tell, um, many things by their environment, by their senses, they, they know it, they just intuitively know how to act in any moment, and if they need to, they are much stronger than any man who's controlled by fear. They could run through a wall. They could do like uh, Tom Cruise-like stunts, hang on the side of airplanes, jump from rooftop to rooftop, run for miles, like Mission Impossible, like Mission Impossible type shit, where these, like I said, you need to scale a, 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 a tower, a skyscraper in Dubai with little handcuffs. That guy would do it because he has the mindset, the mentality. He's not Superman. He's not he's not super strong. He's not super. We all can become Superman, by the way. We all have that in our genes. We, we do. can become that. We need. We need just practice. For example, I, I want to. I want to have telekinesis. this. And I always use a cigarette when I was standing cigarette, and I'm always watching to it. Paying attention, it also improves your attention if you do this. 20 minutes per day, you're watching yep. the cigarette. And once it starts to fall, because you always your intention is to control that cigarette and fall, it eventually going to fall. Oh, yes. And I have everything, I have every window closed. You know, there's no such thing mm-hmm. as probably uh, it was because of the wind. But the, the window is closed. No, everything is perfect set up. And I watched the cigarette. And I told you in 15 minutes, it actually dropped. And it was the perfect, it was perfect balance. You know, it was standing there and it dropped. After 15 minutes, I was trying to find a way how to manipulate through this density, through this reality, through this distance. How can I say distance? Yeah, this distance that I have between my eyes and the object, because object and me, we are basically the same. Yep. Uh, the basis of the core, basis basis of the core of this consciousness in universe, we are basically the same thing. But we 
are divided because of this universe that have divided us. When the materialism and the such things that we probably don't know. We oh. also have... The Matrix said it best when Keanu Reeves' character, Neo, is staring at the spoon and the child tells him there is no spoon. Yeah. It, 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 I remember that scene. There is I watch it. I, I a lot of wisdom. It. There is no separation between you and anything else in the universe. It's an illusion it's to an think illusion. that there is a separation there. Yes. Yeah. Like, there is an illusion Everything. to think that time hasn't occurred yet. Now, this is where a super soldier program uh, like really comes into the, the, the entire VR programming, the, the conditioning, the training, the, the MK Ultra, all the psychology, right? Is to get the super soldier to understand that destiny exists. There is no concept of fear in reality. Fear is all imaginary and illusory. There is no hesitation after that, after you make that realization. Anything that has to be done has already been done. You have just to do it. It's a Bushido code. It's a Zen. It's a, a exactly like a Zen monkish kung fu mentality. And this is really rare in the West. It's hard to find anyone in the West that truly understands that, like truly lives that way. That everything... It's out of your control because everything is ultimately in your control. You are literally everything in the universe. It just has to happen in its season, its time, its in cycle. In human expiration. Yes, in the human the experiential uh, yeah. sequence of events. Like the arrow, the arrow that you that you launch without... The reason why Japanese people used to blindfold themselves and shoot an arrow at a target... Is because you don't need to see to do. You don't need to understand to perform, yeah. to be, and, and to succeed, to, to, succeed, to, to excel. Um, you can understand because of your sixth sense, yes. your intuition. That is the most perfect one. The, 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 that actually, I, I, I was trained myself to use that intuition my entire life. And I used to win a lot. Besides yes. other people, they were unconscious about the intuition. They were just perfectly started to logically thinking, which is not correct, which is no. not how you think, because this reality is not perfect. In fact, you assassins... Know, you, you cannot... No, in fact, assassins rely on that. That's how I was able to commit my assassins to get away with it, actually become um, a blooded, marked assassin, because we rely on other people's overconfidence and their mistaken identity of reality. We prey on that. Every single space program has an assassin program. Every single yeah. every single uh, space program has an ICC, not Waffen, Solar Warden, Earth Alliance, Atlantis Rising. The various different elements of this group have assassins. It's ritualistic for most young men who go through these programs if they want to be initiated into authorities to go through the assassin program, to go through an actual blooded assassin program. The way our assassinations work and the way they succeed almost 100% of the time is a 99.9% .9 success rate. One, the technology that we use, right? Our weapons are very clean and perfect. We go in with the best. And we have the best results. Like I said, it doesn't matter if I can physically beat you up. 
I'm going to shoot you in the heart with an exploding tip 22 caliber bullet from a very smoothly oiled Walter PPK. Right? That's going to put, like I said, I'm going to pull a trigger. You are going to die. This has already happened. I am fulfilling it because I've already played it out in my head and seen exactly where I'm going to need to be to pull the trigger exactly when I need to do it to get you. This is how we hit presidents. This is how we get... And like I said, the snipers excel at this even more. Like, you have your real... Like, one guy I knew in the service was able to shoot a target from a moving airplane... Without making visual contact from the target, just literally zen, zen fucking. No, I'm saying zen that bullet into target. And yes, it was a guided bullet. Yes, he was able to actually steer the bullet like a little rocket. But at the same time, most of it was zen. Most of it was absolutely, like I said, like they use Oriental martial arts to create these MK Ultra super soldiers and they've been doing it since the CIA made contact with the Tibetans in Nepal the Tibetans in Tibet during World War II this is when the US was in China helping them with the Japanese we were there we learned that they knew how to do Kung Fu and we, they know who the Tibetans' first Western uh, 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 visitor was, the first ambassador from a Western European nation to Tibet was, United States. He was an employee of the CIA. He, exactly. And so the same people who came from Shangri-La, the same people who literally have society... They learn a lot from them. They learn a lot. A lot. Yes. Literally, yeah, the, ab- the ability to walk through walls, the ability to walk without a sound, what we call ninjutsu, what people call uh, ninjutsu, that has been learned since we took over Japan. Look, I have, I even have the Series Sam logo. Series Sam. <laughs> From the t-shirt. Absolutely. You know, people think it's more like that, though. People think it's more like shooting and, and like uh, hyper-violence. It's more martial arts. It's more... Um, I said it's it's literally real life ninjutsu, and like how, you know, it's yes, the movies portray it one way, but think about the psychological burdens of literally being a paid assassin in a ninja clan, like the secrecy, the discipline. No, I'm saying that's how they model these secret space programs slash super soldier programs on, where you are initiated. Into societies, into clans, into. It's like uh, they assassinate uh, Kennedy, right? They actually didn't. Kennedy never died. Kennedy was uh, switched with a body double. They shot the body double to keep the secret. They actually killed the body double. They killed him. Uh, Jackie O did. Uh, Jackie O was the trigger woman. She shot ja- uh, JFK with a. Uh, two people shot him. The driver shot him with a air gun firing a pellet sorry a pellet with a uh, shellfish toxin hit him in the throat right from point blank range the driver did uh, hit him in the throat that's when he goes down in the Zapruder film he goes down then his head explodes and then he got shot in the head he exploded Jackie O pulls out a, De- a Derringer pocket pistol from her purse puts it to his head 
blows off his head. Uh, the woman from among him? Yes. Close to him? She then tried to jump out of the car, and she was stopped by the Secret Service agent and shoved back in the car because the plan was to then drive all together to the hospital. Now, remember, this is not the real JFK. This is a body double because the real JFK goes on to go to the moon. I'm not fucking making this up. And rule the secret space program efforts, the creation of the uh, Earth Alliance, uh, the United States effort into this new, I guess you call it like a one world government. It's, it's more than a world government. It's the government that controls all the human beings on all the different planets, right? All the different colonies. It's like called the Earth Alliance. What? It's a one, it's like, to say one world government lacks ambition. It is a multi-planetary governing, governing body of all humanity, right? The, the, called the Terran Union, called the Earth Alliance, a Blue Sphere Alliance. It has many names. I like the Blue Sphere Alliance because the Earth is blue. It's the Earth Alliance, whatever your word for Earth is, right? Terran Alliance. All human yeah. beings, though, follow this government. JFK helped create this government. He was the first diplomatic leader of this government. He actually returned to Earth in the 70s as Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter? Jimmy Carter, yes, was JFK. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Mind-blowing, right? He came back. They changed his name. He was Jimmy Carter from JFK. JFK, John Kennedy, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. John Kennedy, Jimmy Carter. Look at the pictures of the same guy. Jackie O is still his wife. She became Linda Carter. Absolutely. They just made him, uh, they gave him some voice acting, did some vocal cord surgery to give him a little bit more of some plastic surgery around the face, but it's exactly the same individual. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. JFK. Yeah, looks exactly like you. And what people don't realize is that the whole government illusion behind the secret space program is to think that shit like this really happens. That the president really can be shot. That the president can really be killed. That, that, that he was killed by our own government because that's how things work. It's chaos theory. They want you afraid. They want you traumatized. They want you to think that no one is safe and that nothing really matters and that it's all violence and chaos. And even JFK agreed to this. He was no saint. He was no saint, right? JFK was no saint. And in fact, JFK was only selected not because his diplomacy, not because his humanitarian skills, not because his liberalism, but because he was part of the Navy. He was part of the Navy intelligence the complex, right? The Navy military intelligence complex. JFK said, what was what did JFK say was his proudest achievement? Do you know? Uh nope. Serving in the United States Navy. Ah, uh, yeah, makes sense now. He said that not even being president beat the accomplishment of serving in the United States Navy because he was currently in the United States Navy as he was president. He was a he was a double yeah. agent. So Solar Warden and the 1950s is created right under Eisenhower. Solar oh, Warden 
is influential because Solar Warden is the United States Navy. Notwaffen is the Third Reich. The United States Navy controls Solar Warden and all United States operations militarily when it comes to the secret space program, when it comes to the super soldier program. It's all Navy. Navy intelligence, Navy uh, research and development, Navy technology, Navy uh, personnel, Navy staff, Navy, Navy officers, all under the Navy uh, branch in the Pentagon. You want to know what's something weird and verify it? If you guys don't want to believe me, if you don't think this is the case, Area 51 is controlled by the Navy, not the Air Force. Controlled by the Navy and the CIA. They work together, but the Navy, for example, paid Bob Lazar's checks. Uh, yeah, I know Bob Lazar and his stories. Navy, well, Navy, Navy checks. He they, was. They paid him. This is how they run things. Money is like everything that you think is Air Force or Army is actually United States Navy. If he was saying that, for example, uh, if there was nothing uh, wrong, people from the CIA and uh, agencies would have shot him, would have shot Bob Lazar, but they actually paid him. He was he was he, he was meant to say all of the stuff to the yes, public. Yes, absolutely, and he's actually. Uh, he wasn't meant to tell this story for this long. The public has had such a slow time in accepting the truth. His story came out in 1982. That's a very long time ago. It's 40 yeah. years. So I, it's not, years, yeah. yeah, I don't use it as information as cutting edge, but that's what they were telling the public in the 1980s was that the United States government ran Area 51. The United States Solar Warden by the 1980s was completely in control. So by Kennedy, the 1960s, right? Kennedy's assassination, 1963. Um, this is basically, he goes to the moon, he goes to this extra, he talks to extraterrestrials, Venusians, he comes to the contact, creates the, the contracts, the, 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 the diplomatic treaties to establish Solar Warden as the de facto Navy, not the Third Reich, not the Fourth Reich, not, not Waffen, right? We got away from that. They, they go on to do different things, but they're still there in the picture. Uh, but the United States, it's not that it's more noble. It's not that it's more virtuous, but it is a competitive ideology. Like I said, no one in this situation is thinking for humanity's ultimate good, right? They're thinking about how to control and manage the species, right, as slaves. Kennedy, of course, was part of Catholic royalty. He had a lot of connections with this other secret societies, the Freemasons, things like that. It's all Freemasonic. It's all Illuminati, Rothschild controlled. Uh, JFK was firmly in their pockets, right? Like I said, he only got the job because he had been initiated in the Navy. The Navy has its own authority and protocols. They like their own, right? So... Solar Warden becomes the guardian of the Earth. It becomes basically the Navy of the Earth, the entire space. Not only that, it oversees all the construction for bases, factories, manufacturing, uh, research and development, manpower. It creates this in the ocean. It creates this underneath the ocean on the seafloor and on tropical islands in the Pacific it does this because it has these territories already in the Navy's control. Guam, American Samoa, the uh, Philippines, uh, Indonesia, all of it, Thailand, Malaysia, CIA out the ass. United States Navy completely controls the South Pacific, right? 
and it divides the it divides the responsibility with the British and with the Australians and with the Chinese and the Japanese. Everyone's working together. But this is why no American can just literally walk up on a factory building these spaceships. Because these spaceships are built literally in sub-oceanic bases. They're employed, they, they, they staff them mostly through uh, the locals, right? Like say Indonesians, Mill- hundreds of millions of Indonesians. To, to draft laborers, to draft engineers, to draft ma- machinists, to draft the people actually doing the hard work. Right? With robots, it becomes significantly even easier to do this. You keep these Indonesians on their own island, and you literally feed them and clothe them with Navy money and Navy dollars, and you keep them off the grid, you keep them off the uh, unable to be on the internet, unable to communicate. And you literally tell them they're just working for the Navy. They don't question it. They've been doing this for generations. And like you don't remember when the the United States Navy blew up um, Bikini Atoll and they just told an entire tribe to get off the island because they could. They've been doing this for a long time. They control populations that you don't even know exist. Islanders, Samoans, people who worship them like they're gods. Like, um, have you ever heard of the John Frum cult? I'm conscious that there are certain civilizations that I, I, I'll probably not even be conscious about them. Well, it's not like they're advanced. It's just that these are groups of people that, so like the John Frum cult. The John Frum cult is a Javanese cult of islanders that were primitives. They were they were considered Stone Age primitives. They met U.S. Navy personnel. They literally worship them like gods. They build airplanes out of grass and wood. They build runways near their villages because they remember about how the airplanes came and gave them food and like show, like shelter, clothing. They literally walk around in U.S. what looks like U.S. uniforms, like with a white star painted on their chest and with like a sticks like guns. And they dress like they remember the United States looking, right? And it's very indicative that, they, that this is how humanity works. When humanity sees sufficient technology, it thinks it's dealing with magic. It thinks it's dealing with spiritual powers. What the United States Navy did under the Rockefeller Company, and by the United States Navy, I mean the Rockefeller Navy, right? We're not talking about good guys versus bad guys. We're talking about big business, capitalist pirates. They came to these islands. The islanders thought they were gods because they had airplanes, because they had metal ships, because they had guns. They said, okay, all of you guys are working for us. They didn't have to tell anyone. They have literally millions of these people that they use to, like, weld spaceships together. That they use to literally create... It's not Americans going into factories thinking they're working on B-2 bombers or submarines, which they also do. But it's literally they own entire islands of, like, 10 million people. And they're like, well, we just have an infinite amount of workforce now. It's not a matter of scarcity. It's a matter of explaining it and keeping these things secret, which they can easily do. It's why the United States Navy's Solar Warden is better than the Dark Fleet, the Notwaffen, because it's superior control of the Earth. 
Nazis don't literally roam around freely, but the U.S. Navy does. The U.S. Navy sails wherever it wants, whenever it wants. It does literally anything it wants because it's connected to higher level authorities and forces. Um, Think about what's going on in the South China Sea right now. That's a dispute between the United States and China over deep sea colonies. Because what both countries are doing are colonizing the seafloor. They are creating colonies under the ocean on the seafloor, on the bottom of the ocean. And doing so completely secretly. Creating another secret space program, but this time the final frontier is not outer space, it's the bottom of the ocean. And then, I mean, that, exactly, this is how complex it gets, but the United States Navy yeah. is definitely in charge, earthwise, of a lot of shit. Gonna, and, you know, this subject is very interesting and I want to find about more. No problem. Uh, I understand. No, yeah, the it, time it is, is... I understand. And I, this, is, this is all coming from the JFK thing. Like I said, this is where the rabbit hole goes. You bring up JFK, JFK brings up go, the United States Navy. Yeah, yeah, and the U.S. Navy can explain so... But it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, you know JFK. You know how he got shot, right? Well, that's not really what happened. And then you're like, well, explain. Well, okay. Yeah, it was it, a game. It, it goes into this huge explanation because people don't even think about these things as connected. Like, what does the United States Navy have to do with JFK's assassination? Everything. Fucking everything. And everything. people need exactly. to know. People need to yeah, know. Yeah, they need to know the truth. The truth will always rise at the end of the day. Yes. The truth will always rise. And not, not this is not only enough, but we are going to wake up and we are... For example, hundreds of thousands of people are waking up daily. They see what is wrong. They see the companies are doing wrong stuff. They're lying to them. They're constantly lying. The elites are lying as well. And people are getting mad when when they find out that they they, they see, uh, uh, for example, uh, blood of their people, of their own brothers on the ground. Yes. They, all, they are getting mad of because of that. It, it is not fair what is happening all around the world. So that's why we have to change that. And when this go, it is going to change into create a society, the ideal society that we need to be responsible, res- responsible for our live lives. But we also going to be um, blessed. Yes. We're also going to be blessed. Because of our responsibility, because we don't have to let somebody else to do the choices and he has to decide for us. We can decide that for ourselves. We can have the best life that we want. Everything that we want, the materialistic doesn't matter. What it does matter is we have to unify because that is our deep from the deepest genetics point. We are social beings. Yes. We have to create these social uh, skills to, to, you know, to bear the relationships. Yes. Because if you're looking around, you see the relationships are doing even worse than 60 years ago. So you, you find out what, what are the what are the, the the things that is go, it is going to fail the relationships. Well, it always before. gets darkest before the dawn. It always gets darkest before the dawn, and the enemy of us, the enemy of freedom, the enemy of love, the enemy of the higher powers 
are doing their worst right now because they know our victory is soon. Very, very soon. soon. And literally, exactly. as long as we survive, the as long as we survive this last hour, this last hour of the night, the day is long and it's it's coming it's like the dawn is right there right right out the horizon as we just gotta survive this final final moment of darkness and not lose hope because the sun is as think of it that way the sun has already risen you are already in the summer of humanity enjoying utopia you just have to experience how it comes to be yeah the age of Aquarius, for example, yes. it, it, it is now right now, right now happening. People are feeling it. I also felt it for myself. It started from uh, 2020, December 2020. Yes. Uh, also, uh, I want to specialize this. Uh, for example, when I'm going to be older, probably 30 or 40 years old, after the Creative Society is going to be established, because I'm going to work hard as much as I can beyond of my limits and my power to establish creative society because I don't want to see this shit anymore. I mean, everybody don't want to see this shit anymore. They, they are they are full of shit. They, they, they're so, uh, how can I say it? Uh, they don't, they hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, they, 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 they pass it from that, oh, we don't want that anymore. They actually hate it. Oh, yeah. I find people that wish they didn't even born in this uh, consumerist format because it's evil, it's power, it's it's con- the beast from our consciousness, mm-hmm. you know. So when I'm going to be 40, 30 to 40 years old, I'll probably travel in the space, you know, through planets, through densities, through dimensions, because this is my job that I wanted to do since I was a child. And I will stick to that thing, even though I probably, uh, for example, uh, I did that in my in the astral astral realms when I was sleeping, when I was meditating. Mm-hmm. I did as well, I did the uh, what was it called? Um, it was something like travel. Um, astral projection. Astral projection. Yeah, yes. I did that as well. It worked, mm-hmm. and I didn't kind. I didn't get afraid like everyone was saying you, you just have to commit the, your uh, what is your uh, intention mm-hmm. you have to know what is your intention with the intention if you are if your intentions are full of light then your path will be fulfilled with light you know so with that being said uh, thank you so much Texan uh, my or, or Michael whatever I, you want to be called uh, I would like to call you you know Michael, no problem. Because, Absolutely. I appreciate that. I consider you a friend as well. It's been great talking yeah. to you. I know your time is precious, and I'll let you get back on to your busy day and everything. Thank you very much uh, for the I opportunity to speak to you and to speak Thank to so the much. Creative Society through you and through your conduct. We look forward to it. I look forward to it. I know great things are going to happen in the future because we're going to work hard to make them happen, and they're going to be ours. We're going to be entitled to them the benefits of the better society of the utopia. It's not going to be the big businesses. It's not going to be anyone else's utopia. It's going to be our utopia from the people, for the people, by the people. Correct. Yes. Correct. So thank you very much, yeah. and, and I, I you wish much, you the too. best. Namaste and shalom. Yeah. I wish you the best as well. Namaste and uh, shalom. 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 
Shalom, Amanda. Yep. Shalom, shalom, friend. Shalom. Nice. No problem. Nice. <laughs> Goodbye, bro. You Goodbye. Good. That was amazing. No problem. Goodbye.